What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 31 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe, and we got a doozy for you tonight, guys, because this late pick five and opening day of Del Mar is not for the faint of heart. It is extremely difficult, but that's what makes Del Mar so great is the massive, the big field sizes. Everybody's right with each other. There's no standout favorites. So we're going to give you a lot of great analysis tonight on a lot of different horses. And not to mention that, but a Thursday, uh, a Thursday regular Jim Miller after the show will be after this show talking about the late pick four on Sunday at Hawthorne with a lot of good races as well. So we're really happy to have him on the more fun show, which is, of course, Benton and Boozin. But guys, if you are brand new here or find yourself coming back on the regular and you aren't subscribed, please go. I did it the wrong way to the bottom right hand side of the screen and click subscribe as we are nearing that two and a half thousand mark. So thank you to everyone who has been subscribing lately. But while you're down there, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you miss no new videos that come out on our channel, as well as smash the like button as that pushes this video into the YouTube algorithm that helps us get more viewership. So we really appreciate anything you guys do of the sort. If you are an audio listener, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Those are our three main audio platforms that we post not only every episode of Betting and Boozing on, but every single episode that airs on this podcast channel. Again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. The power picks, the these are the normal power picks that go out every single week. They, uh, it's still $15.99 a month, one of the most affordable and best tip sheets on the market. It's $15.99 for an entire month. comes out to about $4 a weekend. Patreon charges per month, so you get four editions of the Power Picks, two tracks on each. And, guys, we're still over that $2 mark, which is profit. We're $2.34 year to date. The average for uh, any horse player is $1.60. So we're way above that average as well and way above profit. If you guys aren't subscribed, you guys are definitely definitely missing out patreon.com slash HHH racing podcast for the main power picks and the Saratoga power picks are still going on. You can get in for this weekend. If you didn't sign up for the full meet last, uh, last weekend, we had a bunch of people sign up. So thank you guys so much for signing up. Hopefully this week with it, the weather can stay kind of true to keep us on the turf to help uh, the power picks uh, bang out this um this weekend, but go to hhhracingpodcast.com, our great website that details everything. It is the Power Picks tip sheet tab on the top of the screen. Then you'll see all the different options. If you're a current Power Pick subscriber, you get $5 off each weekend, and it's $14.99 for the weekend, $5 a card. We cover Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then for non Power Pick subscribers, again, that is $20. But again, guys, if you are interested, please go to hhhracingpodcast.com for the Saratoga only powered picks. But guys, like I said, we're going to rattle these off because we got a lot to get through and a lot of horses to get through, plus an extra for Wednesday, Jim Miller coming on the show. But I'm going to bring on all my co-hosts right now, go through a little bit of the chat, then we'll get going here on the Del opening Del Mar late pick five. From the New Jersey area, Patrick Kunsel from now Chicago, Illinois, Charlie Freeman. And guys, we got a full house today coming to you from the west coast of California, Noah Maher. Guys, we're all together. Boys, what's going on? Nothing much. Excited for Del Mar. Hey, I know, I know one guy, the guy mainly under me is very excited for Del Mar. Again, being from the west coast. So one first thing I wanted to start off with um, for this podcast before we get into 
the uh, late pick five on Friday is Noah. I want you to talk about, um, you know, what kind of tendencies you notice as you, as like I said, you're local to the area. You play Del Mar almost every day when it's out there. Is there anything that you kind of try to hone in on or notice um, when you're playing Del Mar? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, first off, uh, we got to talk about the weather because it's been extremely hot throughout most of California. Yep. Um, so I got to believe that that uh, times are going to be pretty fast. Um, typically, the dirt is very speed favoring. Um, I'd say you probably got to be within a couple lengths of the lead to have a chance. Um, uh, closers are very rare. The only horse I saw legitimately close last summer uh, was Justique, and she was a one-turn monster. So, yeah. Um, and then as for the turf, I'd probably lead more towards favoring closers. Um, but I mean, you never know. It's probably going to be very firm, so uh, you'll probably have to pay attention to the first couple of days. Um, obviously, you can't let a quality horse go twenty-four and change and forty-nine for the half. So you gotta you gotta be careful. Well, yeah, and judging by these um, these races we have on hand, it does not look like that that's going to be the case, that anyone's going to get away with those slow fractions. But he is right. Um, like I said, that's why I like to have him on the show, especially for the West Coast, because um, it has been very hot out there. The turf is going to be most likely very firm unless they get some you know, freak rainstorm that I didn't see in the forecast coming up to this Friday. So it is going going to be very firm. So keep an eye on that for your handicapping for Friday, but guys, again, I even brought out this just the Del Mar Breeders' Cup glass from 2020, 2021, excuse me, 2020, 2020 was Keeneland, but I even brought out the Del Mar glass. We got to be, you know, proper and special out here. But Steve Pogel, thanks so much for joining the show, my friend. He said he's driving home from a very successful day at Saratoga, won his first ever steeplechase bets. Absolutely, the AP Smithwick was today. That 16 to one came through in front. That. Ne I, I mean, if you watch that race, that horse never looked like a loser. So, Steve, no. congratulations on the exact and the try. Yeah, that's definitely a lot of extra cash for Del Mar. But congratulations, Steve, and thanks so much for joining the show, my friend. Steven Vanderbrook, thanks so much for joining the show. Smash that like button, as he says every week, and we greatly appreciate it. Absolutely smash that like button. Vale Places here. Michael Austin, what's going on, my friend? Thanks so much for joining the show. And David Barista. Great time with you guys last week in Crestwood. Good luck at Del Mar, Betting and Booze and Boys. Thanks so much to David. Again, uh, for all of you that showed up to the Crestwood OTB for the pool party last weekend, um, although the bets didn't end up going away at the end of the day, it was still a ton of fun to meet all you people out there. It was, I mean, like I said, always Hawthorne puts on a great, um, a great product for us, and you know they set us up really well. So. Um, um, if you guys came out, thanks uh, for coming out and great to meet all of you guys. Um, Michael Austin says he's at Del Mar now. Weather is great. 78 degrees, 2 p.m. today. Back in L.A. it was 95. So, again, yeah, make sure you hone in on that Del Mar, San Diego area as it is a little bit south of L.A. Tanner Hawkins is here. Thanks so much for doing the show, my friend. Um, and our boss asks, are tides coming out a thing when the tide is in? More speed favoring, supposedly. But, I mean, you know, it's that type of – you know, I think it's like that more that moisture angle. I'm sure um, Noah, you'd be a little bit more in tune with that. But Charles B, thanks so much for doing the show, my good friend. Really appreciate it. And uh, the boss, last thing we'll touch on before we go. How did Patrick do at Saratoga today? I heard a rumor, Patrick. Apparently it's going around. I haven't heard anything. What's going on? Yeah, that rumor's true. Uh, Howard and I hit the late pick five today, which was nice. Uh, Got me off the schneid of a disaster weekend of up at Saratoga last weekend. So uh, happy to uh, kick off the uh, next second week of Saratoga with a nice hit in the pick, late pick five. 
Absolutely, man. Congratulations. And I hear you. So anything to get you off the get me as well off the blocks for last weekend would be greatly appreciated. But guys, like I said, it's going to be pretty rapid fire here. I'm going to let the guys talk about each of their top picks and anything they want to mention. I'll kind of go person by person in this show to kind of, you know, keep the flow going. I'll, I'll first, you know, I'll, I'll rotate, but um, we'll just kind of go ebbs and flows of it. But um, if one person touches on a horse, you don't feel, you know, feel like to um, feel free to touch on a little bit, but you know, not too much as we go through these races, guys, like I said, this, this sequence, I don't know about you guys. This sequence was rough, like rough as in great racing, but man, was it definitely, it was, there's no, you know, um, really heavy favorites. There's no horses that really stand out. A lot of these, uh, horses on this card are really intermingled with each other. And obviously that makes for really good betting. So, Race number six is the first race on the late pick five. It is an allowance optional claiming 40,000. Starting off with Howard and my favorite, favorite race, five furlongs on the <laughs> turf and a full field of 12, including and also eligible that hasn't got in. And I want to put us full screen here is that if you're looking at your PPs now, be wary that there already has been some scratches from this late pick five and some also eligibles that have already got in because of that. So, I will obviously go through all of those that um, that that have already come through, but just something to keep in mind if you're looking at your own PPs. And as I bring up the picks now, um, all of us have different picks on top. This is why we love Del Mar. This is why we play it. We can go so many different ways. Charlie, uh, you are first on the ticker, so you are going to go first. You have the number 10, King Apollo, on top. For Kent DeSormo and um, Kelly, is that Kelly Mahal? Let me check real quick. I don't want to. Kristen. Kristen, thank you. I could not remember for the life of me. But what did you like most about uh, King Apollo? Man, this was such a tough race. Like I said, I always try now that we get the programs before the odds come out to pick. And I thought King Apollo would be up there for sure. Uh, but I definitely didn't think if King Apollo was the favorite, the horse would be any sort of heavy favorite. I really do think that's why I didn't try to do the extra credit for this episode. Spoiler alert, I did not do a pick five. Uh, but yeah, this was just such a difficult race to break down. Uh, but honestly, I just I saw the consistency. I really like the figures with the 85, 91, 84, 86. It really looks like King Apollo is coming into the best form of the horse's career. Uh, obviously, I know California, the works are faster than anywhere else, but still 247s and a, and a 59 is solid enough to get me excited. Uh, love also that the jockey has been riding King Apollo consistently. Again, I just I was looking for consistency because this is such a wide open field. But if you're really looking for anything, I guess, to signal one horse over another, it's that. Yeah, and this is one thing that um, I'm going to touch on a little bit here. This, you know, King Apollo looks the best on paper and ha- or one of the best on paper and has nice figs. This horse is just when it w- it's very grindy and um, on this turf course, at least in my um, in my experience, I like to have horses that have a little bit more of a punch per se than necessarily a very grindy wear them down type, which is what King Apollo really is. And he will uh, he will get a fast pace in this race. Um, but I'm not exactly sure if, especially since he's going to take a lot of money, um, I don't want him on top, but Charlie, go ahead talk about your other two picks a little bit and then we'll, uh, we'll go on to Patrick. Yeah. So I won't say too much about the six just cause I see on the ticker. That's your top pick. Um, but yeah, for me with am, am, oh, I just ambivalent, ambivalent. 
ambivalent. Oh my god, yeah, I'm stumbling over myself. Uh, again, another horse that's solid. Again, ben turns 21 cons- once, and all of a sudden he's you know he's stuttering, he's slurring already. So he <laughs> apparently, but sorry, Charlie, go. No, you're good. The only concern I had with this horse, I actually wanted to make uh, the six my top pick, but the only concern is the horse not running since September of 22. I mean, the figures say yes. The efforts have been very solid coming off the pace, which, you know, is a preference of mine. The works do signal, at least in my eyes, again, I know California times tend to be faster, but that the horse should be ready off the layoff, you know, shouldn't be too rusty. I mean, obviously it might have some rust, but might need a race. That was the only reason I couldn't put the six on top. I'm not as bold as you are, but certainly think the horse is a real shot. And then for the five, honestly, I was just looking for a price to throw at the bottom just because, again, especially in these wide open races, again, the horse is working well. I mean, got a very gutsy win last time out, got to the lead fairly easily, but at a huge price, you see it 42 to one. And then was just able to dig in and, you know, after drawing away, was able to hold off in time. Uh, and, you know, that was obviously at six furlongs. Now we're going a little shorter. So I'm just hoping that the horse can maybe show similar speed like that without having to worry about going even as far. I just think Saul's call is an interesting. Plus, I just like the name because it kind of reminds me of Better Call Saul. Well, uh, it's just like I'm, an interesting horse at a price. I'm sure that's exactly what this horse is named after, to be completely honest with you. And, I mean, look, this horse dealt, dealt with a fast pace last time at 42 to 1 and was able to deny everybody else. Gets a trainer switch to Jesus Nunez. So maybe he can continue the form, but there definitely is other speed in this race. Patrick, we're going to you, my friend, as you have a horse that we have nowhere, any of us have nowhere, and it ends up being the morning line favorite at 7-2, to two, Patrick. You... Chalk eater. I'm not the chalk eater anymore. <laughs> well, li- I, listen, you know, I, I get on the call before, and, you know, I'm getting busted for all these picks being off the board, and we look, and this you is know. the morning line favorite. And, listen, I'm not telling you to take this horse as the morning line favorite coming off the layoff uh coming back since uh, November 26th of 2022. But if there's one trainer I'm going to trust, Peter Miller might be one of the best coming off long layoffs, hitting at 24%. Um, You know, he got this horse at three years old and the horse vastly improved off its first, even off its first start. Um, And that was at Del Mar on the firm turf at five furlongs. I I just think this horse fits in this company and um, can is, is tactical, but has a, instrumental amount of speed and i i think with a wide open field like this i'm gonna trust the trainer and peter with peter miller and uh take this horse i and odds i was expecting a little bit more not gonna lie but i think this horse is gonna be good yeah i mean look the morning the favorite most it could be deservedly but like i said uh previously there's a lot of speed in this race and this horse has gotten uh Liberty Forever's gotten in his way many times, and then, you know, I think that's what's reflected in the form. Look, he's definitely a, a candidate for a win, but I just don't, frankly, know how good Liberty Forever is, and at a price of 72, I will be looking elsewhere. But, Patrick, go ahead and touch on anyone else you want. I know uh, Charlie talked about the 10. You can touch on a little bit, but then you have a horse that none of us have as well in the 12. Yeah, I'll touch on the 12. Uh, Halotic. You know, this horse it also has a ton of speed from the outside. It's going to be tough. But um, Ryan Hansen's a solid trainer. And I just think this horse could end up sitting a, a nice a nice trip if it can uh, if it can clear. Um, and, you know, first time Lasix, which might not hurt the horse that bad. So I don't know. I'm just trying different uh, different horses here with different stuff at Del Mar. You just in these types of turf sprints, you never know. 
Well, yeah, and I mean, the only theory is that I didn't like Halate because just because of the draw. I think if he was more yeah. inside seventh, eighth post, I think I would like him a lot more. Just with all the other speed in the race coming from that twelve hole, it's going to be a tough task. But if he continues to improve um, off those seventy-seven efforts, he definitely could be live in this spot. Noah, my friend, I should have started with you realistically because you're you're the West Coast fan, but you have a horse in here that none of us have either in Rexford. Yeah, nobody on the show has got this horse, even the boss. I love it. <laughs> uh, so uh, with Rexford, uh, I thought it was strange enough that I kind of like the switch from Barrios to Gonzalez because although uh, Gonzalez had been very cold at Santa Anita, kind of like uh, Rudy Rodriguez at uh, Saratoga last year. Um, but I feel like the races that Gonzalez was on him, he tended to be a lot closer to the pace. And I, I feel like with, with a lot of speed and not – very many closers. I think he's got a good enough late kick to where he can kind of get by, he can get around, sit the trip, um, and then kind of hold off uh, horses like King Apollo, who I think Zorro's going to have way too far back. Um, and the horse likes likes Del Mar, and uh, it's it's really hard to not trust D'Amato in these turf races. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, second being second escape artist in the last is not a bad place to be, even though it was by four and a quarter. But um, Noah, you also have a horse in here that we none of us had was the two Barsabas, I like. The, uh, of course, we love the name, but Adan Frales and uh, Adolfo Aguilar. Yeah, this was this was simply a board horse for me because, uh, like Charlie said, this this race is so wide open. I could use so many in this race. Um, but the thing about Barsabas was he, when he's favored, he doesn't seem to really run, and then when he seems to be a big price, he runs huge. So <laughs> the fact that he's going to be twenty plus to one, um, you know, maybe he could get a price underneath. I'm just not confident in any of the favorites really yeah i mean look this is the one this is one of the races that you can go so many different ways i mean you know it's like it's i i love the fact that you brought up the odds because you know it seems like horton horses it's like they know they're a big price so they have to run huge but um if if there's a lot of pace in front of them based on that last race at santa anita i know he was like he was bumped early and he was kind of steady back but um, if he runs that middle trip again, he's obviously shown he can pass horses. So at 20 to 1, Barsabas is definitely one for the eye. But I'm going to touch on my two real quick and we'll move on. Ambivalence, my top pick. And I don't know if this horse has been like ouchie or what's been going on with him. But but he raced in 2020 at, at Del Mar in the Champagne. Or sorry, Belmont in the Champagne and the Bob Hope. Obviously didn't do too much, but was great in the juvenile t- uh, turf at Del Mar. Um, then he went to the UAE Derby, obviously behind Rebels Romance and stuff like that. I mean, that's top-notch stuff, being a one-win horse. Comes back to Del Mar in September of 22, you know, gets fifth in an optional claimer, although he lacked room. I won't show the replay because we're trying to move pretty quick here, but that's a replay to watch. at 16-1 to one off of a massive layoff. Runs pretty big. Like, he could have easily gotten second or third in that spot, and I'll show the, the chart. I mean... You can just look. I mean, look how many horses. There's five. A straight no chaser. Obviously, didn't run very well because he's. Not, I don't think he's a turf horse by any means. But you can see what straight no chaser has done uh, in his recent races. Yang again's been a really good optional claiming horse. Lincoln City's another good optional claiming horse. I mean, just a lot of live horses coming out of that race. So off the layoff, turning five, hopefully can turn a new leaf and improve a little more. The horse is definitely working like he should take a step forward. I'm very interested and ambivalent in this spot with Mario Gutierrez and Doug O'Neill. 
in this spot, especially if you're getting anywhere near that six to one price. I think ambivalent is extremely interesting. And the one horse that I don't have and that I have and no one else has anywhere is chasing money for Mark Glatt and Espinoza. I mean, the only thing that I don't like about this horse is he could send, but I feel like this is one of the horses that can that has early speed, but can also rate a little bit off the top. So maybe underneath at a price of eight to one. I would look for a horse like Chasing Money. As I love the outside post, although he hasn't really run very well at Del Mar at these five furlongs races. He hasn't been that far off of it. And this at a little bit higher level, would I point out. So getting back to that five furlong distance, hopefully sitting mid-pack on the outside, I think Chasing Money is interesting underneath at a morning line price of 8-1. to one. I'm going 6-10-9. Charlie's going 10-6-5. Patrick's going 4-10-12. Noah's going 8 10 12 guys bringing back his full screen i want to go over a few chats here um in sheets player i know howard already shouted you on the chat but i don't think you've been i don't think i've seen your name before so thanks so much for joining the show my friend cheers to you delmar for years inside speed is good at this track i would agree with you especially on the turf um the other thing to note about that turf is they have that shoot on the inside coming down the stretch which i think helps uh, horses obviously to the inside as they gain a little bit more room coming down the stretch but sheets player thanks so much for joining the show Greatly appreciate it. And Charles B is correct. That's the one other horse that's interesting is the 13 took charge on the outside. If he gets in, he's going to show a lot of speed on the outside. If he can clear, he's a he's very fast. And if he clears, that horse is definitely interesting at a morning line price of five to one. But guys, thanks so much for everyone for joining the show. I see a bunch of chats. Unfortunately, we're trying to go a little bit quicker here, but that's the one thing that I try to do is get to a lot of chats and um what today might be a little bit less chat day, but thanks so much, everybody. I see all your comments. I read all of them. We will respond if able. Guys, we're moving on to race number seven. It is, as I switch the PPs, I made it full screen, so give me one second. It is race number seven on the card at Del Mar. It's a starter allowance, 50,000 going one mile on the dirt. Again, Del Mar is a two-turn mile, so keep in mind there is a full field of 10 now with the number nine Carpe Bellum scratch. So the 11 deservedly gets in from the outside. And I think he's very interesting. No, I'm not trying to spoiler, but I think he's very interesting as I put up the picks. Now, three of us have the number eight, the morning line favorite Clooney on top for Adolfo Aguilar and John Sadler. The 11 is also in there for a lot of us. But Charles, uh, Patrick, you are going to go first, my friend. Talk about Clooney and why you like him most on top. Yeah, listen, his last two starts, uh, buyer speed figure-wise, just kind of tower over this field. Uh, Sadler has been kind of cold of late, uh, which is a little bit concerning. Um, but I would have thought at 7-2 to morning line, I, to be honest, I would have thought that would have been lower. Uh, this horse has just, you know, shown its tactical speed coming from off the pace and uh, has faced some pretty good horses. So at the distance is not going to be a problem. And um, I think there'll be speed signed on. So I, I, th- I like this horse a lot. And this this would be one of my better bets of the day. Hello? I'm muted somehow. Oh. I have no idea how, to be honest with you. That's strike one for me today. Usually there's about five strikes on <laughs> me. So I'll take it 25 minutes in. But... Obviously, I'll let every other t- other people talk about it and I'll give my two cents at the end. But Clooney is definitely, I think, a deserved favorite in this spot. I think he sits the right trip uh, with uh, Aguilar on top. Um, 
Patrick, go ahead. As you have two horses that we hit that two other people have in third, but not necessarily um, are too keen on them. The number five, GoldenEye, is your second choice. Yeah, GoldenEye uh, for Peter Erton is going to be one of the speeds of the speed. Um, you know, is coming off uh, two turf races, actually. And, I'm, you know, I was kind of wondering, you know, what was going on there with those. Uh, the, the horse seemed to take uh, – to the turf, but I prefer this horse uh, on dirt. And I, I think uh, this horse, like I said, being the speed of the speed, should sit a great trip and, you know, could go wire to wire. So I wanted this horse on my tickets um, with a, for a good trainer, Peter Wharton, who's hitting at over 20% on the year so far. Yeah, I mean, look, GoldenEye is definitely going to be in front. And being that this dirt course, especially – how dry Del Mar has been and how hot it's been. I think GoldenEye is definitely interesting on top. But then you have the number uh, seven in third, who's been a you know pretty good turf horse. Has that one really nice start at San Anita, coming off the turf on a pretty you know a watered tur- uh, watered dirt course. Yeah, listen, this is kind of a, a you know a pace meltdown horse that I always like to put underneath, um, just just in case. But um, yeah, this horse is going to have to come off from off the pace, like I said. And uh, Little Red Feather Racing, I actually know somebody at work who is a part owner of these uh, in Little Red Feather Racing. So I uh, figured I'd give him a little kudos. <laughs> Look, I mean, they're a great ownership. They, you know, we have uh, at Crownsway, we have them face a bunch of um, a bunch of our horses. I.e., Beer Can Man, just one that comes mm-hmm. to mind. Uh, face Jay, and is obviously a very nice horse in his own right. Keen to go is interesting. Um, I think I don't know if there's enough pace ahead of him to be able to close into, but at a at a price hopefully above six to one, definitely interesting. Pa- uh, Noah, you're going second here, my friend. Uh, you have the number eleven deservedly on top. Yeah, I, I had to put my disormo hatred to the side and yeah. put this on top. I was to say that you're, um, you're two for two here. Yeah, um, but kind of another or other like, sorry, what am I trying to say? Um, Unlike what you guys, sorry, having a little bit of a failure. Uh, unlike what you guys said, I I feel like there's not a ton of speed. I I feel like the, the turf speed doesn't do a lot for me. So what I thought with this eleven horse is, you know, Desormo can break, uh, look to his left and kind of dictate how fast he wants to go. Um, and then it's always a plus to be on the speed in this dirt track. The only concern is whether or not Desormo will do that. Um, but if he does, I, I think the horse has a shot. Yeah, I mean. From from the outside, there's not a whole lot of speed, as Noah stated. I mean, th- if this horse can clear, especially, he's extremely interesting. To the outside, as I have him in second. But Noah, the number, uh, no, actually, we talked about all the other horses. Do you have anything else to add on the other two that we talked about? Um, I will say on the number eight, it's it is unfortunate that uh, Hernandez has to miss opening day because mm-hmm. of a, a suspension that I could describe with a word that I probably shouldn't use. Um, <laughs> And then with the seven, I thought the seven was a little interesting. You know, Mullins and Barrios are, are dynamite together. Um, and out of keen ice, I, I think the horse should take to the dirt. The only problem with that horse is I feel like he might be a little too far back to contend for the win, but he could definitely run up and clunk in the money. Yeah, especially when you have uh, when you have a horse that has run well on dirt previously, kind of muddied off turf form, and it hopefully above six to one. I think the number seven, as I said, is interesting. Charlie, you have the number five in here that uh, you have Goldeneye in the in your top three that Patrick touched on, but didn't really talk too much about. What do you like about Goldeneye in second? 
Yeah, I just saw the improvement in the figures and being able to deal with uh, like a really hot pace and, you know, showing ability, which again, we talk about on the show how important versatility is. And, you know, you look two back and a few others back. A lot of races, Golden Eyes tended to have to be on the lead. Uh, but instead, in the horse's best effort to date, the horse set off the pace. And that's what I'm kind of hoping for again in this race is not to be where the closers are, but also not be in the speed of the speed since you kind of have a good mix of those two ends. But kind of having that opportunity to stalk and trip. And I think you could honestly get better than five to one on this horse. Uh, for me, originally, as Patrick was touching on, I was going to have the eight uh, when we get to our best bets later is my best bet of the day. But everything really changed for me when Deservedly came into this race because, you know, Deservedly raced against Clooney before they had a good battle, which Deservedly won. And personally, I do think this is more of a two-horse race between Deservedly uh, and Clooney. I kept flipping back and forth between who to put on top. Ultimately, you know I'm always more biased towards the closing horses that come late, so that's why I went with. And then one thing on a whole different topic that I want to know is I want to know Noah's uh, beef with DeSormo and if his – this uh, hatred or dislike, I'll be kind of dislike towards him is as much as Kyle and I have for uh, a guy named Joel Rosario. That's what I want to know at some point. Dude, I, again, Paul Howard's one of the uh, one of the kings of this, but we we love we love good banter. We love good banter. Um, but again, I'll give my two cents, then we'll move on. Kaluni, I think, is definitely the best best horse in the field. Whether it's, I I like that he'll be more middle based on form. Then maybe you know maybe way far in the back of this race. Um, I think his best two starts have been his last two. So if he continues to improve off those starts for Sadler and Hronis Racing, I mean obviously you know Hronis is a very very good connection to have. So I like Clooney on top, especially if he sits just in, by, in behind the speed in that fourth, fifth, sixth pocket area. Deservedly, I think is going to take money, and I think I no pun intended, deservedly so. I mean. The horse flying from uh, coming from the outside, not a whole lot of speed to his inside. Should get to at least the three path, if not the two path. He's very fast, and if this horse can clear, he's extremely dangerous on the front end. And I have the number two in th- uh, third, Big Hat Willie, uh, Peter Miller, Ruben Diaz. I mean, a uh, Ruben Diaz. He's the <laughs> Man City player. Wow, okay. that's great. Just we're skipping that. We're skipping that. Uh, but yeah, that's I think strike he, two right there. That's got yeah, that's strike two. That's strike player. two. Hey, Ruben Diaz. Hey, great defender by the way. But um, I think this horse just sits the trip. I think Big Hat Willie, especially on the inside, I think he sits a really nice trip. Um, in like the fourth, fifth, sixth pocket, as I stated before, for Clooney, he's gonna have to wait for Clooney to go to his outside most likely. So I think um he'll try and follow Clooney. And I think he's very interesting underneath. Maybe not on the win end, but definitely underneath. I'm going 8-11-2. Charlie's going 8-11-5. Patrick's going 8-5-7. Noah, who is muted, is going 11-8-7. Boys, moving on to race number eight. See, there he is. <laughs> I had to get it in. Uh, but race number eight is the Oceansides, the feature of the day, Friday at Del Mar. But... Um, Let's see here as I switch over the entries right now. It is the the Caesar Sportsbook sponsored Oceanside Stakes. Excuse me, going one mile on the turf. Another full field um, of fourteen, might I add. But the morning line favorite is the number. Oh, I thought it was. It's the number ten. Wow, it's Escape Artist. Okay, Escape Artist for. Noah's favorite, Kent DeSormo and Michael McCarthy, as I switch over the PPs and the picks right now. But um, let's see. And three of us 
have the number one classic cat on top. And my man, Patrick, going against the grain, as he stated before, has this horse absolutely nowhere. Patrick, you, I'm, I would go to Noah first, but you're the first. You're first up, my friend. You get to talk about escape artist and why we are completely wrong. Yeah, against the green with the favorite, I guess. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, well, no kidding. That's uh, also true. Listen, this horse's last race was, I mean, watching that replay, the horse was fantastic. You know, stumbled out of the gate and, um, you know, found itself footing and just sat, sat an awesome trip. And, uh, you know, the fractions were, you know, somewhat quick. But I I, I just think this horse is – the, the clear favorite in the race and for connections that are fantastic. I don't see why this horse can't um, improve off this race and, uh, you know, do, you know, ha- I, I, the speed in this race is tough to tell because of horses that are stretching out in distance. So, you know, I don't know exactly where escape artist is going to sit, but I, I do, I'll trust DeSormo and McCarthy on where they want this horse to sit because I, I really like this horse's last race. I mean, yeah, and I just showed it on the screen now. I mean, just a clear, clear winner, especially giving them about a length, length and a half out of the gate, having to rush up a little bit on top. But, I mean, wait, where did I? Okay, there we go. The number 10 escape artist is is definitely interesting on top. I think he'll want to sit either pressing or just behind the pace because there is another this is another race with plenty of speed in it. So, But I don't think he has any trouble passing horses, even though he does his best running in the top flight, but Noah, you're going next my friend and Patrick, I'll let you touch on at the end because you're two horses we have nowhere, but we're going to go through because all of us are pretty similar around the bend here. So Noah, the number one classical cat, we all have this horse on top. I, I thought that horse's last race was very, very good beating a horse. And this was at two years old, by the way, for classical cat under Rispoli beating horses like first piece and Nagarok. If that rings a bell to anybody out there, beating Nagarok pretty convincingly. Uh, Noah, what would you like most about Classical Cat? Yeah, the horse the horse doesn't hasn't done much wrong uh, at all. Um, I think the horse has the potential to sit off, sit off just right off the lead, sit a really good trip. Um, with the amount of success and ability to spot horses, uh, the long layoff does not bother me at all. And also, it's interesting to see that Demano also has a rabbit in the 12 who cannot win. Um, so, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this horse was a pretty heavy favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's in, it'll, it'll definitely be a fight because Escape Artist is one to definitely take money. And if, especially off that last effort, I think Escape Artist will take the money and will be the favorite. I definitely thought Classical Cat was going to be the Morning Line favorite, at least. Because I we did all, uh, for everyone out there, we did all these picks without morning lines um and all of them did it without post position numbers as that was sorted out before the show but um i mean running into a pace at santa anita going 23 and 2 and 47 flat that's not very quick for santa anita at all and having this horse just up late on the outside i think is very showing of what this horse's ability is at two years old let alone coming back off the layoff at three and D'Amato wins at 17 at a 17 percent clip of over 250 starts in the last five years. So if there's anyone I'd like off the layoff on the turf, especially it's the motto, but I'll talk about um, my top pick later, but Noah, me and you have the same second place horse where no one else has anywhere in the number nine. That is conclude for another D'Amato for Hector Berrios and then fi- finish off with the three as no one has that as Charlie has on third, but you guys are the only ones. Yeah, this horse is, 
pretty similar to uh, classical cat. Um, but with everything that's going to shape out, I think this horse has to sit off. I don't think, I don't think he's fast enough to get the lead. Um, so if you take that into consideration and he doesn't have things go his way, you can kind of look at that race where he was three to five and didn't have things go his way. So, you know, if you're kind of thinking my, my thought process was if he's not going to be on the lead and he's going to have to sit off, can he actually do that? Yeah. I mean, that's the true thing, right? Being on the outside in a race with a lot of speed to his inside, it, uh, Hector Barris will definitely have to find a trip for conclude, but um, going down the hill, I know, um, as Charles B. pointed out in the chat, Delmar's a two-turn mile, but down the hill plays more like a mile usually. So the distance doesn't necessarily bother me, but it will be this horse is going t- two turns for the first time. So just to, just something to keep in mind for everybody out there. But Conclude looks to be the speed of the speed in this spot and is really interesting to me. But Noah, finish it off. Why do you, uh, The number three is Zalamo for Leonard Pollard and uh, Mike Smith. Um at eight to one morning line coming over from France. Yeah, this horse is is really interesting to me. Uh, definitely my favorite out of the two Euros. I don't I don't think the other horse really has a shot, mm-hmm. but it's it was uh, what I thought was pretty interesting was uh, the horse liked the firm footing more than the soft, even though it wasn't the turf. I feel like being a Euro, I feel like the horse was bred to run on the turf. Um, Powell isn't particularly great with Euros, but he, uh, he did get a work in on the firm turf course at Del Mar, so that that was very intriguing to me. So. I, like he's definitely getting this horse ready yeah and i mean obviously paulo paulo knows how to spot his horse as well although he is uh two for 22 with foreign shippers over the last five years so all the horses he's gotten coming from overseas he's won only two in the last five years so that's something to keep in mind as well but the horse worked a bullet over the delmar turf course um whether you take that into account or not uh zalamo is definitely going to be interesting and i do agree with you noah that he's the better out of the two euros that are coming over but um, Charlie, going to you next. Obviously, you have the one on top, Classical Cat, the number 10 Escape Artist, and the number three. Is there anything else that you want to touch on that Noah didn't? Uh, yeah, so I think it was actually supposed to be 13 because I think the horse had was game time, and I think that was 13, not three. Um, so, yeah. Was it 13? Um, yeah, no, okay, so, go for it yeah. then. No, you're good. But, yeah, so for game time, when it's me, I mean, obviously, real quick with the one and 10, obviously, for me, those were the – clear-cut top two. I thought Classical Cat would open favorite, but I think maybe, as you mentioned, with the layoff and also with how talented Escape Artist has shown, and especially with that last effort. Uh, I do agree, though, with the way the horse was kind of, you know, with, towards the end kind of drifting out makes me a little nervous. Uh, but, yeah, if the one comes back for Phil D'Amato off the layoff, I do uh, to top form. I think the one's tough to beat. But the reason why I thought game time was interesting at a price, obviously having to overcome the gate for sure, but another horse where, again, we, I talk a lot about how much I like versatility, a horse that can be right in the lead or just off the pace and has gone toe-to-toe with the top two horses. You know, put up a very solid fourth and just ha- didn't have enough at the end against Classical Cat and then ran against Escape Artist and ran a respectable fourth, but only lost to the uh, to the winner in that race by one length. So I think game time, again, the gate is the only thing that makes me nervous, but this horse has run very tough competition compared to a lot of this field, has run against the top two horses in this field and went toe-to-toe with them. Uh, and again, in terms of from a price point, if you're looking to you know, play one of the like top choice horses with a price at eight to one, I love game time. I do not think this is an eight to one horse in this field. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, the post is what, you know, kind of draws you away from this horse a little bit, but I mean, Sadler, Ayuso, Ronas, I mean, the connections are there. If this horse can get out of the gate and set a decent trip, game time is definitely interesting at a price of eight to one. But um, I'll talk about 
I'll talk about who I, why I like these. Classical Cat off that last race, I already touched on it. I thought the Eddie Logan was very good. And coming back at three with D'Amato, I think he can even improve off that 85. Maybe he needs one, but I'm willing to take a chance. Hopefully, my value line on that would be probably a morning line of four to one. If he drifts anywhere below that, maybe seven to two is maybe okay. But once you get down three to one, I think I don't think it's very worth on Classical Cat. But uh, the number 10 escape artist, I really like his last race. I mean, but just sitting off the lead, although he did stumble and have to rush up a little bit. Simon O'Neill, thanks so much for joining the show, my friend. He says the lugging left that we showed in the stretch worries me for escape artists could cause some trouble. I do agree with you, but I mean, he's seasoned in his own right. Turning three, good magic, tap it. The distance is no worry at all for me. I think I think escape artist is going to be the morning line favorite. And I think he's going to be very interesting in this spot but i have the number nine conclude in second as well i mean it's just a matter of it is his first time going two turns but i think conclude could definitely be the speed of the speed in this race and as as noah pointed out if you can stay on the front end in these spots especially with the how firm the turf course is going to be i think conclude could definitely get the jump on everybody and stay at the lead as he has survived a 42 and a 42 and two half mile in a six and a half furlong race, which is absolutely ridiculous, realistically speaking, even going down a hill. Um, but I think conclude is very interesting in this spot. And I'll get to obviously my best bets later, but um, uh, I still like classical cat on top. I'm going one nine, 10 tries going one ten thirteen. excuse me. And then Patrick's going 10, seven, six, Actually, excuse me, Patrick. I wanted to t- let you touch on your picks. As Howard actually likes the seven for a bomb underneath. Excuse me, everybody. I'm my bad. Uh, Patrick, go ahead and talk about agency. And then Mr. Fisk, obviously, is on Baffert horse, who we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, listen, with agency, I mean, the horse won on debut uh, last year at Santa Anita towards the end of that meet, kind of winning at like a perfect time because, you know, then it could set up for itself at Del Mar running in the best pal, uh, you know, ran against having a meltdown, who was a a great horse. Um, and then, you know, the Delmar Futurity, and this is all, all on dirt. They, they have a layoff horse runs in June and the horse, you know, actually gets out of the gate slow and had to be six wide. And the horse ended up winning. I'm not sure how great those horses are that he faced are mm-hmm. going to come back to be, but I'll tell you, uh, for Mark Glatt, second off the layoff, um, and an impressive win, I'll take a shot with a 15 to one underneath. Yeah, and then go ahead, talk about Mr. Fisk, who has uh, a lot of breeding that suggests that this horse is going to be good on turf. But frankly, I just don't know how good this horse really is. And the, that, I'll, yeah. I'll touch on later. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, you see the breeding and you do think turf, and you wonder why Baffert uh, didn't put him on turf uh, earlier. So, you know, this horse has been training unbelievable, which most Bafferts do. Um, the horse is what eight to one right now. I have a feeling this horse is going to be bet down, um, but you know, faced uh, go rocket ride. Who's going to, I'm pretty sure is going to be running in the Haskell on Saturday. Yep. Um, so th- th- this horse has faced a ton and uh, could take to the turf really well. Yeah. The, obviously the only thing I think uh, with Baffert not putting this horse on the turf is arrow gates don't do very good on the turf at all. As I look here, I mean, Arrowgate has 758 starts for total races. He's 136 on the grass, and he wins at 8%. He's only won 11 races of those on, in turf routes. So Arrowgate's just not very good on the turf as a sire. But, I mean, and this horse probably worked. I mean, the way he's working on the dirt, I think this horse just worked his way to the dirt 
but I mean, if you look at the damn side, I mean, it's all it's all Euro turf. So I mean, two in love, who has Galileo breeding, plain air, obviously did really well in the turf here and in Europe. So uh, he, Mr. Fisk has the breeding. It's just a matter of will he be good enough and set a good trip to, in this field. But I think you definitely have to use Mr. Fisk if you're playing this race horizontally. Guys, moving on to race number nine as I switch over the PPs and the entries. Give me one second. Race number nine is an allowance optional claiming 40,000 going six and one half furlongs on the dirt. This is the farthest one turn that Delmar can do. Again, another full field of 12 with the morning line favorite being the number seven, Ryquist, which I was really hoping that he was not going to be the morning line favorite, but off that last effort, I could definitely see it. And we're all very pretty similar in this spot. Um, but my man, Charlie, great minds think alike, my friend. You are also going with Ryquist, as am I. What would you like most about him? I mean, man, that last effort – or yeah, last effort was just incredible. Obviously off a ma- major layoff, almost a year layoff, uh, and then comes back from a 37, which again, you know, I mean – the horse obviously took money in the debut, but it's a debut. You don't know what's going to happen. Just a disastrous start, though. Then comes across the country off that big layoff and just romps away easily. And you can see it wasn't one of those, you know, where maybe they put the horse. Obviously, you see 61,000 made in special weight, so it seems like, oh, it's a big drop-off. But clearly the public didn't believe in the horse because the horse was 17-1 to 1, but did not look like that at all. Again, winning by seven lengths, which especially in a short race like that, it only six and a half furlongs to win by that much is truly impressive. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of as uh, I think it was Jim who mentioned it. This is one of the races where for as many of these races that have been spread for me personally, this was and we'll get to this later. One of the races that was more clear for me on who to uh, who to bet on. I, I think the seven is going to be very tough in this spot. Oh, you're muted, Kyle. That's Doing it again. Three. Doing it again. Come out. Three See down. ya. All right. You, uh, Charlie, you're host of the show now. But um <laughs> No, honestly, that last effort, turning uh, first effort at three for this Nyquist baby out of Yachtin, out of uh, Curlin Mare. I mean, this the distance, I, I think this horse might want to be more distance, but Ny- Nyquists are very good sprinting. This horse coming back at three ran absolutely away, although he did get a pretty good, a very good trip, although it was very fast. So he was able to stay on. I love this um this Colts in this spot. I think he, the outside post really helps him. And second, uh, second off the long layoff at three years old, working extremely well. I think this horse definitely could fit the bill. And I don't think you'll get seven to two on this horse in this spot, but that's, I, like I said, that's my top pick. It's probably my most likely winner on the day. If he runs his race, Reichwist is extremely interesting, but Charlie, go ahead. Touch on your last two. Um, don't uh, you can touch on the five a little bit. Obviously, Noah has that one on top in Sir Atticus, but then finish off with uh, the twelve you have. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I'll let Noah talk touch on it more. But obviously, anytime you see Mike Smith, I mean, he's so well known. You got to be excited. But yeah, for me again, it was just a big improvement. You know, takes a month off, comes back and improves by. 20 on the buyer and has a very solid win. Obviously not necessarily going away, but also the, I, I believe I might be remembering, but I don't think the horse had necessarily the best beginning to the race. I think it was a little off slow. Uh, you know, did take some money though, which is obviously a good sign after, a, you know, not such a great effort early on when it lost to Delmar, Delmar Jerry. Uh, again, I'll let Noah touch more, but I just thought Sir Atticus was interesting. I was more so 
just looking for underneaths. Uh, and then with the 12, um, Tahoe, Sunrise, another Baffert horse. Uh, you know, obviously Lost Kingdom Hard lost by six lengths. Wasn't the best effort. And I'm kind of just banking on the horse going back to more in the efforts before where the horse did look a little bit better. Uh, has consistently taken money. The works have been incredible. But as you mentioned, Baffert tends to make that happen. And then real quick, I thought this was going to be a unique horse because, you know, I always like to have on our show one or two long shots that I don't include that I like to mention. But it seems like you and the boss men both love the 10 Riffy. So I'll let you touch on it more since it's actually in your top three. But I was stunned that this horse was – such a long shot at the opening money line. This is a thousand percent a horse I'm going to be playing in my exact as an underneath. I think Riffy is a very interesting horse, and I don't understand the money line being so high. I think the 10 is very dangerous here. Close yeah, I mean, and the, the figures fit, right? Howard says 7, 10, 5. Howard, my friend, great minds think alike, as I also have 7, 10, 5 in this spot. I, the, he loves the number 10 under Riffy and underneath in a reverse key back wheel situation. Best closer in a field of early speed. I completely agree, Howard. This horse has dealt with cold pace after cold pace. And although he hasn't won since December of 21, I think this horse has what it takes to pick up the pieces. And like I said, maybe not win, but um, to get second or third, I mean, mainly second. I think this horse is extremely interesting for for Gio Franco. Uh, That is number 10, Rifey. But obviously I'll let everyone else touch on. But Noah... You're going to go next, my friend. The number five, Sir Atticus, is your top choice for John Sheriffs and Mike Smith. Do we have time to show the replay of the last race? Because I feel like it's yeah. educational yet amusing. Yep. All you. So, uh, yeah, and in in obviously the first race, Charlie touched on it. He, he was uh, really hard to handle in debut and actually came running on late. Um, and then this in the second start rated really nicely. I, I thought this race was super funny because the 12 was just along the outside rail, basically <laughs> the entire backstretch. I think he thought he was at fairgrounds turf or something. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Like and that. then, uh, if you want to fast forward to the gallop out, I, I thought that was pretty, pretty cool to see. Not cool, but interesting to see, uh, past the wire, the, the three kind of comes up even with the five. Um, but he kind of keeps on running with them, and he's kind of like, yeah, you're not going by me. Yeah, you know, the horse is learning. Sheriffs is typically very patient. Mike Smith stays, even though he could have gone to the Haskell a day early. I love this horse. Yeah, I mean, look, this I definitely am, am very interested in this horse. I have this horse in third. Atticus, if he sits the correct trip, like I think he will, this horse is definitely interesting in a, ho- in a, a race where there's a lot of early speed. If he can rate a little bit, just like he did in that last spot. I think Stratticus is definitely one you need to keep in mind. And then um, let's see. I'm waiting for the ticker to come through. Uh, you have the number three in third and second. Hard to figure a horse that we have. None of us have anywhere. But, I mean, it's Baffert horse. It's Joe Bravo, who doesn't usually ride for Baffert. Uh, bullet work after bullet work again, as we all see. What would you like most about hard to figure? Yeah, the, the one thing I, I – thought about was i've seen this story way too many times where a baffert's struggling you know running in stakes races but not running well at short prices and then adds lasix and com- becomes a completely different horse so if this horse is going to be you know five six to one kind of hard to leave him up the ticket yeah i mean both baffert's might be you know a little bit higher prices and you always say that you know when you know a chad brown or something like that goes off at eight to one and wins you're like how the hell did i have that like where was that in my ticket but Hard to figure is definitely one. It's just another Baffert that I don't know if he's like how good he actually is. You know, it's just 
he's it's a lot of early pace in this spot with up oh, and he's dead unlucky but um just with a lot of early other speed and just seems to give it up really easily i just don't know how good hard to figure really is but patrick you're going to be the closer my friend you have the number 12 on top tahoe sunrise that charlie touched on a little bit but um what'd you like most about him yeah i just like the way you know the horse is getting caught up in fast paces and you know even the horse when winning on debut ran 21 and 3 and 44 to the half which is just crazy fast and you know honestly that could happen in this race i wouldn't be shocked but i just like charlie hit on the way the horse has been training i watched a couple of the workouts they're just unbelievable and a horse is honestly working to go longer so it makes me believe that you know baffert sees that you know there is speed signed on in this race but this horse should take uh you know to this distance and you know, in a lot with a lot of speed signed on and having the outside post is going to be tough. But um, if this horse can somehow rate a little bit and sit a trip, I think this horse could be tough. Even I, I get eight to one, but I, this horse, I, I think, is, is is a quality horse. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but uh, go ahead and finish off. I know um, Noah and everyone else touched on it, but your other horses. But what else? Um, do you have anything else to add before we move on? Yeah, no, no, no one then touched on it. You know. The one thing uh, with Sir Atticus, like Noah said, just the, the, you know, being able to improve off the second start and then having something go wrong at the beginning and show that, you know, it could, you know, come back from that was, I thought that was great. You know, there were some slow fractions in those, um, in those races towards the end, but I, I just think Sir Atticus does have a big shot. Um, and then the three, I, I'm not getting beat by the, the other <laughs> Baffert, as they say. So I put that horse on my, uh, on my ticket. Look, nothing to be nothing to be wrong of there. We've seen that go wrong many times. I'm going seven ten five. Charlie's going seven five twelve. Patrick's going twelve five three. Noah's going five three seven. Guys, we're gonna go pretty quickly through this uh, turf as we are all pretty similar in this spot. Um, we all three of us have the number one well, on top. Charlie has Charlie the number again. eleven. Not, I know we're all on the same horses. I'll just kind of give my two cents on the end here. Um, Charlie, I'll let you touch on the top three and then anyone else can jump in real quick and then we'll move on. Yeah. So I love the 11 as we'll get into it later. Yes. This time last effort, obviously wasn't good, but it was just way too tough. I mean, you see what the 40 to one, this horse had no business being in the gold cup, uh, but whatever for the, for me, this is a horse I started following, you know, a golf stream obviously had two uh, unfortunate thirds, but took a lot of money and still impressed me in those efforts. Again, for me, it's really just the figures have been very consistent other than really those two races that you can kind of scratch out where the pace got way too hot for the horse on March 11th. And then again, just May 29th, way too top of a field for this horse to be in. And what I did like is, you know, I tend to be a little biased. You know, we've covered in the past against California horses when they come over to the east. But this is a horse that actually shown because I know I've heard it kind of goes both ways. But yes, this time has shown basically the ability to run everywhere, which really excites me. I also like that the horse, again, I keep talking about this, the versatility that this horse can really either be right in the front or sit off and make it work. And, you know, has also been, a, you know, some victim, though, to dealing with some very difficult paces. The figures are consistent. And also, quite frankly, I just love when I watch two plays. It's just a horse I truly, really enjoy watching. I just think, yes, this time is such a great mix of speed and talent and late kick. And, you know, you look in the race two back, we're lost by half a length. Uh, half a length got studied and still almost got the job done this horse has had some near misses and great efforts that really deserve to be winning efforts and just has gotten unlucky uh, so i think yes this time is very interesting in this spot and then um and then moving on, flashiest. 
Yeah, for my next. So for flashiest one that went up against yes this time, I uh, went toe to toe. That's why I had to include fla- uh, flashiest somewhere. A horse that's definitely more of a deep closer and likes to sit way off the pace. That's my only concern. Certainly think flashiest at a decent price will get in the money. I just think the horse ultimately doesn't have enough early pace to win here. Uh, and then with the one horse uh, twist, you know, made the debut in America, looked very cl- uh, good in the first effort. You know, again, didn't get the best trip either. Kind of had a, had a rough start, got bumped. Uh, and nearly got there for the win, but couldn't quite. Uh, but yeah, I think as much as I do love Yes to Simon, we'll get to it in my picks later. I think this race is very wide open. I think Crosby Beach is interesting. I think if you're looking for fights, Balladier is also interesting. So there's a lot of good contenders. This is a very exciting race for me. Yeah, I mean, look, I completely agree with everything you said. No, I'll let you go first, Patrick, as you're a little bit different again as everybody else. But uh, touch on anything you need to about Twist and then um, your other two. Yeah, Charlie touched a lot, uh, touched on some good stuff uh, about Twist. You know, I mentioned earlier, Sadler is uh, not typically good with the Euros, um, but the effort with the last race, you know, having all that trouble and still running out for a nice second, I thought that was really impressive. Um, I just think he could sit a ground-saving trip down on the inside in the pocket, um, and then once again, Sadler and Various are, are super nails. Yeah, I, like, I completely agree with you. And then you have the 11 in second and the number seven that no one's talked about in third. Anything to touch on? Yes, this time before we move to your uh, the number seven. Well, let's go to the number seven because yep, I was it. my question was how does Charlie not have his horse on top? He just lost to me and Mr. C. That's true. That is true. It's me and Mr. C fan club, as it says under his name. I mean, you know, it's just the guys guys wavering as usual. But uh, what'd you like most about Lure and then? Oh, I I just wanted I wanted to throw him in the third just because of that, but. <laughs> He's wanted to give him uh, with, crap. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, it so much. I guess with the 11, yes, this time, uh, Charlie touched on a lot of good points. Um, my only issue with this horse would be uh, he just doesn't really seem to cross the wire first. I know that's probably against tougher company, but, you know, we kind of talk about it, how a horse just kind of learns how to finish second. Yeah. Just just can't seem to get, get uh, his nose on the wire. But Yeah, as I, I was going to touch on when I talk about, so that's – a very, very good point to bring up is the horse hasn't won in over two years. So, uh, but Patrick, as we talked about, we've talked about uh, twist for a while. So anything on your underneath horses, Crosby beach and the number nine. Yeah. I'll hit on a Crosby beach. Um, you know, listen, the horse uh, last out, uh, you know, went back to a, a, a furlong, uh, sorry, a mile. And I just, I'm not sure. I think this horse wants longer. Uh, you know, it did run a mile and an eighth and did, didn't really run much. It was kind of a weird race, had to steady early. It was just weird, but has been working well for Michael McCarthy. Um, you know, I, I'm going to trust where he puts his horses. And I think this horse could sit a good trip, you know, being tactical with, um, with uh, you know, having a uh, interesting uh, draw in here with the difference and being, especially being bet uh, last time out to almost favoritism. So I, I just think. Uh, this horse should sit a nice trip. I can look, I don't disagree with you by any means. It's just a matter of, is he quick enough, especially if that one continues to improve, but obviously you have the one on top. So the four is interesting underneath and then flashes you have underneath, which we've already talked about for Powell. Um, I'll run through mine twist. I just think second off the, uh, second off the layoff coming to John Sadler's barn. I think he sits a really, really nice trip in the pocket, just drops back just sits off the lead. There's not too much speed in this race. So I like that. He's going to be a little bit tactical, a little bit closer in this spot. And at three to one, I'm definitely 
willing to take this horse, as you'll see in my doubles later. Uh, twist is extremely interesting to me on top. The number 11, yes, this time, as everyone's talked about, I think he's way better on the turf. I think the gold crop at Santa Anita was a little bit way, a little bit above his head, especially going to the dirt. Um, I just, I love that he's going to sit kind of that same trip as the number one. I don't know if he's as good, but I like that he's outside. And although the horse really hasn't decided to win by any means, I think he's definitely one to keep in mind, especially in the money, as I think he'll He's almost not a shoe in. I will never say that, but he's definitely the most likely horse to finish in the money, in my opinion. The number nine flashiest, as we talked about. As Howard, we may have to play something together on Friday because we are we've been exactly the same for the last two races. But um, I don't know if there's enough speed to get flashiest home on top. But this horse always puts up his honest effort, and um, for a horse that's going to sit farther back, like I said, I don't know if there's enough speed for him to get on top, but definitely underneath. Um, I will use this horse. I'm going 111.9. Charlie's going 11.19. Patrick's going 1.49. And Noah's going 1.11.7. Guys, uh, great job going through all those races pretty quick. Like I said, I appreciate everyone sticking to the time. Is if I don't, Jim Miller might uh, come to my house and, you know, and see me through. But um, Noah, as you are still the guest at this point, you'll be going first with your best bets. Race number eight. Dutch exact is one over three, seven, nine. If I'm not mistaken, that is um, classical cat. If I'm not mistaken, over three, seven, nine in race number eight and race number nine, a win on the number five, sir. Atticus, go ahead. Give your, uh, give your reasoning on your best bets. Yeah. So in race eight, classical cat was very logical uh, for D'Amato. I think that horse, if, if he doesn't win, I would be surprised if the horse didn't finish in the top two or top three. Um, and then to try to get some prices underneath, I've got Zalamo, the Euro. Uh, I've got agency for Glatt, who uh, I can't remember if it was Patrick or Charlie that was was interested in this horse. And then I've got D'Amato's other conclude. Um, and then in the ninth race, uh, just a simple win bet on Sir Atticus. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, if, if um, I cannot remember his name right now, but if the number seven isn't on his best game, Sir Atticus is definitely the most likely winner. And I think you'll get a pretty decent price to be able to put a win bet. Uh, no, I love it. Charlie, we're going to you next. My friend, uh, best bet, the cold exact as 7 and press up win bets on each was your best bets of the sequence. So riding those two horses into the sunset, hopefully. Yeah, you know, like I said, these were the races I felt strongest about. I think the seven, as we touched on, uh, just seems too tough with that romping seven uh, length win last time out. Should be difficult. Um, and then, yeah, well, yes, this time again, I just think this horse is bound to win. You know, I understand the argument that, you know, the horse just likes to finish in the money mount, but still has won six out of 21 races. And I actually just to, you know, stand on it. I updated my uh, my little like name thing under my name from number one fan of Mr. C for just this episode to wish that I had 80K to claim yes this time. Because, again, I love this horse. I love what the replay show. I don't know why they would put the horse up for claim. Probably I don't care. Conditions, I don't care that's flag. For me, I wish I could have the horse. I love yes this time. So if anybody Look. wants to start a GoFundMe so I can get the horse. Can get one yeah, going after this I'll get I'll give you a crisp good luck with that and move on. But Charlie, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Patrick going above and beyond as he gives a a pick four oh, up for, for one now, of huh? his best bets. Yeah, he forgot to give a pick five last race uh, last week, which everyone gave him crap about. But race number seven, <laughs> the double eight with seven ten, and then race starts in race seven, the late pick four five eight with one six seven nine ten with twelve with one three four five six nine. Patrick, go ahead talk about your construction. Yeah, so for the uh, the double, I really like Clooney in the uh, seventh. So uh, I have him with um, 
agency who's going to be a long shot and as well with uh, escape artist escape artist the 10 um in there and then for my pick four um starting in race seven so that's going to be the late pick four uh i put Clooney with uh, GoldenEye, my second choice, just to uh, cover up just in case Clooney doesn't show up. Um, and then I went deep uh, in the next leg. Uh, that's a turf race. And then I singled the Baffert horse. That's going to actually be morning line 8-1. to one. I, I, I like the horse. The horse is going to run big. And then I went deep in the last uh, for some coverage. But I do think the number one twist is um, a possible single and a press-up ticket. Well, right. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that you'll either single them or you'll spread, and hopefully you'll catch a price in that spot to bump up your ticket. But this is one sequence that's definitely going to be hard for anyone playing um, for anyone playing horizontal tickets. So, Patrick, good luck with your best bets. My best bets, I'm going two doubles. Race number eight, I'm going the one and nine classical cat, I think, is most likely winner. And concludes is going to be the best speed horse. I could add escape artists in there. Stay tuned on my Twitter for what I decide to go with as I post everything I play on the weekends on Twitter at AP Roscoe K. But uh, Classical Cat and conclude over the number seven in the ninth race, which is uh, – I cannot remember. Why can I not remember that horse's name? The Yachtine in the ninth race as I freaking turn over the – Ryquist. Thank you. I was going to say Ryquid. So pretty close. No cigar. But Ryquist, I think, is the um, to me, is the most likely winner in the ninth race. And to provide some coverage for me, I'm going to include the number five, Sir Atticus, in the double and then singling twist on the back end. Hopefully, we can hit both those doubles if Ryquist comes home. But if not, I have a little bit of coverage in the ninth race. But, guys, like I said, thanks so much for coming on. But I'm going to leave you guys on for a little bit as he's waiting in the bullpen right now, and we're going to bring him in. The director of racing from Hawthorne now joining the fun show for the first time, Jim Miller. Jim, what's going on, my friend? Boys, it's betting and boozing, so I'm ready. I'm ready to join you guys. I see a couple of you with some waters, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll partake in the boozing end of things. Hey, hey, I had to put it in the uh, I had to put it in the Del Mar glass. I got you. Don't worry, that a boy, that a boy, proud of you. Yeah, appreciate it. But uh, guys, Charlie, you're the Charlie, you're the most chill guy that I've ever seen too. Just on any podcast, just hanging out, relaxing. Nice work, man. Oh, absolutely. With how with how fired up I get with the uh, the takes, I like to give. I feel like you know, having the bed relaxes me a little bit to tame myself. You know, maybe it's a nice little balance and a yin yang kind of thing. I, I love it, man. I love it. Best part is Jim actually brought that up earlier. It's my mistake. Was Charlie so chilly? He's doing his show from his bed. There you go. But uh, not at college anymore. He, he lost his space to do the podcast. So now he's doing it from his bed. But guys, uh, Patrick, Charlie, Noah, we're going to say goodbye to you guys now as we're going to go over the late pick four at Hawthorne on Saturday. But guys, thanks so much for joining the show and crush your bets this Saturday, guys. Have a good one. Later, guys. Oh, I let to talk about Jim. Now it's host fail. That's strike number four on me. Like I said, I usually get five for the day. But like I said, Jim, uh, first time on this show. Thanks yeah. so much for joining me, my friend. Man, uh, I love I love seeing the youth of the show, and and I say it in a w- in a way that's awesome. Uh, for those that don't know, I started at Arlington Park when I was 17 years old. Um, I got to know Joe Christofek by uh, working the uh, the well right outside the box seat area, right next yep. to the press box, and Joe used to sit right outside there and uh, got to know one another at that point. Moved into the press box and. Uh, went from there but i'll tell you it's nice to see young guys in racing that are uh are just very very energetic and, and want to do and want to get involved and uh we, we definitely need more of them so very cool it, it was a nice panel he had there 
Like I said, I appreciate it as, you know, this show is a startup. Uh, obviously, the boss, Howard, gave us uh, gave us a little bit of rain, no pun intended, <laughs> and we kind of took we kind of took it by the horns. But um, like I said, I appreciate all the kind words, Jim. And um, like I said, I've, I've heard that story before, that Arlington story. It's an absolutely great story that, you know, go from working the well to where you are now. It's a pretty uh, it's a pretty good gig you got going on. Yeah, it's so, fun. I mean, I, I I learned as many jobs as possible. So it's one of those things where I've been I've been a chart caller, I've been a track announcer, I've been a morning line odds maker, I've been a jockey agent, a horse owner. I mean, you name it. Trying to learn every little bit that I can, just so I can relate to everybody in the industry. But uh, like I tell everybody, time and again, I get paid to go to the races, so that's never yeah. a bad thing. So I definitely enjoy it. And hey. Howard's come was coming into our realm uh, yep. on Sunday, so he he did a great job on air with us on Sunday. So it was great to have him out there. But uh, it's nice that he was able to shuffle things around for me because I'm going to watch the Cubs and Cards tomorrow night. So I'm glad I can join you, Kyle. Hey, absolutely, you can join me anytime. Anytime you get tired of that show on Thursdays, feel free to come on. We would love to have you. Yep. But um, we'll go over the late pick four on Sunday, and there's a lot of interesting races and yeah. some pretty decent fields in that uh on sunday at hawthorne and i ended up doing my picks as well uh, away from yours and we're actually very similar so that's okay. something that i love to see as well race number five starts the late pick four on sunday at hawthorne is a maiden special way thirty-eight thousand dollars. hawthorne's putting up some pretty decent purses going one mile on the turf a field of eight and as i bring up jim's picks right now they are all going to be scrolling on the bottom of the screen just as they do on Thursday's show with Howard. He is going number three, even the wind, who I expect to be the morning line favorite. Obviously, you're the one that decides that, Jim. Well, and I did decide it, and I did not set that horse as the Ooh, morning line okay. favorite. But here's the thing that's interesting. All right? You look at even the wind. Look at the uh, horse right under it, Wolf Hunter. And what you have to determine is who's going to take the money between those two. Um, mm -hmm. Only because Wolf Hunter comes out of the Hawthorne Derby. True. I mean, this was a horse that ran a decent race. It is going to be between those two. It'll be very close. But you look at that race two back for Wolf Hunter. That was actually the race that was probably even a little bit better where the horse finished ahead of even the win. But when I get to my ticket, I'm going to use both of these horses. But even the win, just kind of consistent with each and every start. The one thing that I like is you see Manny Esquivel in the saddle. And Manny Esquivel is the guy that's riding at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Yep. Well, when they hit Sunday, Horseshoe Indianapolis takes a week off from racing. So you're going to start to see some of those horses creep up our way that are looking for races. Same with some of the riders. And Manny rode on today's card. Had a win for Chris Block on the turf course on today's card. That's where he got started when he was getting uh, going as a bug rider there. Yep. So I did go with even the wind, uh, but Wolf Hunter, I th actually thought ran a better race than even looks on paper in the Hawthorne Derby in that last out. So those are the two main horses. And then Regimental's interesting because if you get past those last couple of starts, which actually weren't too bad for Regimental, this is a horse that figure-wise is kind of consistent and on par with those other horses. So it might be a little bit more closely contested uh, race than even it'll look when you, uh, you look at the odds in the morning line too. Right. And this is one of those where I look at this horse and you're like, you know, this horse is getting walloped in Kentucky right. and they come over and they start running really well. You know, maybe this horse just prefers turf and this horse right. could run back to that mid 60s, which could be good enough to win this race. Yeah. With the number four, I thought it, I always find it interesting that uh, I used to call him the Russians. Glockenberg yeah. has gone away from uh, Janai Jorchenko, who is my favorite person to hang out with at Arlington. I love yeah. listening to oh, that yeah. guy. But I I do agree with you that 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 race back on June eighth was very good for this horse, even beating even the wind. 
Yeah. Um, and and all choked up was a horse that wired the field that day. Yep. And Wolf Hunter was a horse that actually got a really good trip. That was when the turf course was real hard. It was very much a speed favoring turf course. It was hard for anyone to make up any type of ground. We saw today, today was our first day on the turf in the entire month of July. Mm-hmm. And it played very evenly throughout the course of the day. So I do expect Wolf Hunter to get a really nice trip and should be moving forwardly in the lane. Taking taking the questions right out of my mouth, my friend, because you like I said, we are, you know, Hawthorne was off the turf course after that right. absolute torrential downpour that uh we had a few weeks ago at this point. But glad to see that Hawthorne's back on the turf and now hopefully running. Hopefully the that stays the you know yeah. the heck away from everything. Turn and, and burn. We're gonna go three, four races on the grass each and every day for sure. Absolutely love it. But Jim, we'll go on to race six now. Yep. It is as I switch over the Equibase right now, it is another main special weight for 38K going four and one half furlongs for two-year-olds on the dirt. Again, it's that two-year-old time of year, full field of nine in this race. And there's a horse on the outside out of uh, for a certain man by the name of Brad Cox, who looks very interesting. And here's the thing about it. I mean, Larry Ravelli is the king of Chicago. But yep. again, with Indiana not racing, Brad Cox will send some of these horses up our way. And you see a horse here, good like magic. I mean, the good magic horses have been running insanely well. And you tend to think, okay, is this a horse that may want to go a little bit longer? Well, we had a good magic sired horse that wanted six and a half furlongs today, breaking its maiden. You look at this horse, I don't mind the outside draw by any means. It is four and a half, which is a shorter run into the turn. But honestly, I'd rather be outside and kind of get that angle going into the turn. Because if you're on the inside and you don't get away in good order, you're going to get shuffled back. Larry Ravelli has two in here. Everything Ravelli trains, you know, is going to show some speed. But he's got the three and the seven in the spot. Both horses that are working very well. I've seen some of the drills on uh, Give Me a Kiss. You look at that bullet drill back uh, three works back. That was a really good drill from the gate. The horse just sprung right out of there just and, and went blowing right by us going down the backside. So, again, you're only being asked to go four and a half furlongs in the spot. Probably going to be a pace race. Probably the most logical horses here. But when you see Brad Cox starting to come over to Hawthorne with some of these horses, you have to give it a little bit of consideration as well. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing to your point about, you know, being the outside, I love that. I love when two-year-olds, especially the ones that, you know, have really good works yep. out at um, Indiana coming over to Hawthorne. But um, I love the two-year-olds on the outside. When you get to the inside, obviously horses, especially young horses that haven't raced before can get really squirrely right. when they're in between or, you know, really pressed up against horses. So I love the outside job for good, like magic. And that's just another reason why I completely agree with you yeah. on everything you said. And obviously Ravelli is not to be taken lightly in any two-year-old race in the state of Illinois in the past, you know, 10 years, but um, right. I, the most logical is I think make complete sense in this spot. So I completely agree with you in every regard and have, as we'll see, as we'll get through these races, yeah. you'll see, like I said, I'm very, I'm very in common with you. So I will definitely have no rebuttals. <laughs> That's okay. Anything you say, but um, race number seven is a mile and a 16th on the turf. Again, as we get back onto the turf field of nine for a lot of these older horses, which I recognize from the neck of the woods at Arlington yep. back in the day, I was like going through and I didn't realize. And I was like, Oh, that horse. Oh, that horse is, you know, Michelle Boyce. That horse yep. is this. So, it's it's just fun to see all these horses that um that I know and love from back in the day. But um, like I said, full field of nine in this spot. 
going a mile and sixteenth on the turf for twenty claimers. Yeah, and this is an interesting race because you have some horses that have been kind of at this level, but you have some horses that are class droppers, like the three sport peppers dropping in class. Seven coming up aces is dropping in class a little bit. You mentioned the boys horse on the outside. This is a seven-year-old with two lifetime victories in gate crew. But I went to the inside with the one, Aviano. This is a horse from the barn of trainer Antonio Moraz. You see a lot of recent races that have been on the dirt or the synthetic. But get back to those races last summer. This was a horse that was racing out in New York and was facing some pretty tough company as you look at some of those spots. They're claimed for the 35-9-3. But when you look at the figures, some of these races, that May 6th race at Churchill Downs was tremendous. That was a yeah. really good race against the Lowens Company. Horse was victorious that day, posted an 86 buyer. If you run an 86 buyer in this race, you're going to win the race. Yes. Olaf Hernandez has been tremendous all meet long, actually, on the turf. He's having one of the best meets of his career, but he's riding with confidence. This is a non-three race. This is a horse that won an allowance race uh, back at Churchill Downs. Everybody loves Chris Amy. The guy's won so many titles at Hawthorne throughout the course yeah. of his career. He's one of the strongest finishers I've ever seen on a racehorse as well. But this race is going to come down to pace. The five forward curve is going to go. That's where the big question mark is going to come. Is anybody else going to go with forward curve? But I don't know if forward curve is even fast enough to hold on there. The race two back, the horse kind of had everything his own way, and that was only going seven and a half and wasn't able to hold on. This race, you're going a mile and a 16th. So I really think they're going to be bunched up at the top of the lane. Just going to come down to a rider's race and who gets the right trip. Yeah, and uh, that's the one thing I noticed as well with Aviano is, you know, those races back in New York – easily fit in this spot yeah. and if this horse is, takes to the turf anywhere i mean he's these last two races on the hawthorne dirt have been pretty good yep. for aviano and then if he takes to the turf like he did back in 22 this horse definitely makes sense and the only other thing i had was yeah. underneath was gate crew yep. uh, i think this horse maybe if there's a little bit of speed in front of him <laughs> uh you can sit a decent trip but you know obviously like you said this horse has won twice at seven years old go, go and highlight the turf record and it's the perfect reason to uh, go underneath for gate crew eight yeah. runner-up <laughs> yeah. efforts i mean this is a horse that's won once on the turf eight times finishing uh second so that's that's probably the way to play gate crew just kind of sit there wait and let the horse pick off horses in the lane but they were definitely intended for the turf they stayed in, in a race that came off the turf in the last out but this horse wants to be on the grass yeah, and as you can just the figures alone will be able yeah. to tell you that. And obviously, whether this horse, whether Gay Crew still has his best stuff right. going on seven now is the question mark. But obviously, winning two or two races, you can argue, you know, never had the best stuff, but right. still good enough to get underneath. But race number eight at Hawthorne is the classic closer, as I like to call it, the yeah. uh, sixty-two fifty claimer going six furlongs on the dirt. Another field of nine, so again, pretty decent field sizes. Yeah, it's a pretty good sequence. I would assume, I mean, I, fighting for favoritism in this spot, I would assume Swiss Guard is most likely going to be the morning line favorite, although I might be completely wrong on that, as judging by that reaction. Well, here's the thing. When you pull up the DRFPPs, yep. you'll understand why, and you're going to be really confused as to why a horse is in this race. But look at the one horse, Simpson Bay. Now, Simpson Bay, in yep. that last out, the numbers were solid, that last out was an excellent race. This horse dropped to its knees coming out of the gate and, and almost ran two, three jumps. But watch the start for Simpson Bay in this spot. This is the eight horse here. Yep. And you have to watch the recovery, but it, it's worth watching. I think they flip over to the head on and then we'll we'll talk after. But uh, Oh, uh, skip right past it. Here we go. Right here. Number yep. eight. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Legitimate. then look where the horse is coming out of the gate. The horse is at the back of your screen here. 
and that's going to be the horse that wins the race. So yeah, here's the thing. a little bit. Yeah, you're, you're coming out of an open made allowance race. Simpson Bay circles the field here in the lane and comes charging late and basically wins going away. Mm-hmm. And then this was a horse that was entered against allowance company a couple of weeks ago and scratched. Now you're seeing the horse in for 6250 non2 and you're like, okay, what's going mm-hmm. on here? And that's the biggest question mark. And it's something if the horse was a legit racehorse off that last race, you're not going to run for 6250. So for right. me, I laid the horse at eight to five in the morning line because I think everybody's going to bet it off that last start and I'm going to completely toss it in my selections just yep. for the fact that I think you have to take a stance one way or the other. Now you get to the four Swiss guard and Swiss guard is one of those things where somebody just mentioned, I love Chris Amy. He's my guy. Well, Chris Amy is a guy that wins at a 20% clip at Hawthorne. Brittany Vandenberg, she wins at a 36% clip. But again, look at the inconsistency in the races. You break your maiden for 25 on the front end and you blow them away. Well, then when you don't make the lead, this horse completely tosses in the towel. So that's the biggest question mark for me. There's a couple of other horses that can show a little bit of speed. If Simpson Bay breaks well, that horse could be a factor. So I actually went to the six-horse snowmobile in the spot. Manny Perez is a guy who's had probably one of the better meets in his career, and he starts such a vast number of racehorses. He's one of those guys that, for me, as the director of racing, I love him because he helps us fill races, and he, yep. he, he loves to run. He's in there all the time. But here's the thing. Snowmobile. You get back to that start three back that was on March the 26th. That's the effort that's probably good enough to win this race because you look at the next couple and he probably got flattered a little bit by that effort in the 25 non two. Said, okay, yeah, we we're, uh, that's a big race. We won by a length and a quarter. We'll go in the 25 non three. All right, we're going to come and try this optional 6250. Come on now. So yeah. you're, you're back in now for 6250 not $62,500. Yep. And this is where the horse figures. So it's the one horse that could possibly push Swiss Guard a little bit early on and maybe get the jump and have that one back up. But the horse also has the ability to rate and run out late. And I laid this horse at 8-1 to one in the morning line, and I think you're going to get pretty close to that 8-1 to one too. Yeah, and just off those last two efforts, I'm sure this horse will uh, get to that, you know, at least 6-1, to 8-1 to one range. Right. Um, but I, like I said, completely, I even had this horse in third because I thought the same thing that you did. I mean that, you know, a horse like that, I love Manny, um, we used to, you know, talk, toss around the crap, you know, at at Arlington and stuff like that. But yeah, he, he, he gets a little bit, uh, antsy is not the word I'm looking for, but you know, he believes a lot in his horses. And like you said, he starts a wide variety of them. So you know, throwing this horse in 62,000 company is probably not where this horse belongs. So yeah. getting back to a, a spot which is much more winnable for Snowmobile, I think this horse definitely fits. And if he can rate, he shows that he can rate a little bit just like he did back uh, in March at Hawthorne. I think this horse definitely is interesting as well. So um, Jim, like I said, you said uh, you have our pick. You have your pick four ticket here yep. that we'll go to right now. And you ended up singling the horse in the third leg. You're going three, yep. four, five with three, seven, nine with one with four, six, eight. Again, that's $13.50. Yeah. So, kind of the way Howard and I've talked about in the past is at Hawthorne, if you can just beat one or two favorites, it's going to be good enough to get a decent return. We have just a 15% takeout on the pick four. Yep. So, it's really hard to separate when you're looking at a couple of Ravellis and a Brad Cox and the two year old race. So, I think you use all three of those, you're going to get out of that race. The turf race, it's the three logical horses. But again, 
it may be one of those things where in race five, they bet even the wind down, like you mentioned, is a possibility. And a horse like Wolf Hunter or Regimental kind of sneaks away and runs a big race. But the key is really going to come in the last race because Simpson Bay is going to take a lot of action. If you can beat that horse, and I'm going to completely toss the one horse off my ticket there, I think you have the chance for a good return. Again, it's $13.50. You know what? You beat Simpson Bay, you get a couple of second choices in your single home probably going to pay around a hundred bucks. So I'd take that return any, any day. Hey, 10 to one doesn't sound shabby to me, Jim. Yeah, I'll tell yeah, you that exactly. much. And like I said, I love the short, I love the short tickets. I love the press tickets. So um, the one in the eighth race, uh, the seventh race, excuse yep. me, is Aviano. Look, yep. as it runs back to those races, definitely interesting and definitely worth a single. In my opinion, the eighth race, like I said, I, I did not know that he wasn't entered in allowance company, right. but I had the horse, I had the horse picked on top. Now, obviously that's something that you need, or actually, I had the horse pick second. I think I had the Vandenberg horse on top. Sure, but anyway, sure. um, that's definitely an, a point that people need to be taking notice. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't is, you know, this horse was scratched an allowance company. Right. Now, all of a sudden, back down into the base claiming level, basically. So, you know, it's it's definitely something I love the toss. Like I said, as long as you can beat a few, you'll definitely get paid. So, um, and Howard says, Howard pointed out in the chat, he said, what a pleasure on Sunday with Jim and Emily at Hawthorne on the Hawthorne feed. Support Hawthorne Racing back on the turf that the rain has finally stopped. Just spicy, Italian, spicy Italian still bugging him. Spicy, oh. Ita spicy Italian was the Catalano horse that he picked in a race yep. that came off the turf that ran a gigantic race. I think it was against a one to five shot that just happened to get its nose down at the wire. But uh, Spicy Italian ran huge every step of the way. That was Howard's selection. So yeah, Howard, I'm sorry too. But hey, you were on you were on a horse that was a key horse in the race and battled the whole way. Yeah, and uh, the one thing that we always joke about on the main show is that Howard doesn't usually pick the Italian horses. So the <laughs> fact that he picked the horse named Spicy Italian yep. is a win in his own right. But yeah, he, like I said, that'll usually bug him for about three weeks. Then he'll get a pretty decent score and move on. But He's worried about Saratoga right now. He's fine. Well, yeah, that's also true. But again, if it does, kicks it kicks his shins in, well, he did very well today. So, but if it can, if it kicked his shins in like last week, then he'll be maybe he'll stop talking about it now that he won. <laughs> Close to, you know, 1300 bucks. Oh, that that was a good hit. Absolutely. But yeah, Jim, like I said, thanks so much for coming on this show. And I know, um, I know you have fun against what I call the wrong team of Chicago, but um, as actually you do too, you're a South side guy yourself. So I am, I'm a Sox fan. Yeah. It's one of those where somebody offered me a chance to go and drink at the biggest bar in the world. So that's what I'm going to do. Hey, go, you know, there's no shame Field, in that by any means. Look, I've only been to Wrigley Field three times. I went one time this year. And I loved it. I, I loved it. I will say that, but not my favorite place to go watch baseball, but certainly a good, any place is a good place to watch baseball. You want to, you want to be really jealous for a second? What do you got for me? I played at on Wrigley field. Hey, I played, I played at <laughs> it's one that, yeah, that's going to make, yeah. Being a baseball guy myself, you know, that that's going to make me go, but I played Kerry Woodfield, which is basically, boy. which basically Cubs. I actually had a, I had a home run at Kerry Woodfield. That's my nice. shining achievement. That's a great achievement, baseball. my friend. <laughs> in, in like a playoff, like the sectional playoff. It is, that's, that's my crowning achievement. And I always go back to that, you know, back in my, back in the good old days. Of, that's right. It's all about the glory days, my friend. <laughs> that's right. Jim, like I said, thanks so much for coming on. Greatly appreciate it. Um, and good luck to everybody out there at, with Del Mar on Friday and Hawthorne on Sunday for myself jim miller and all of our co-hosts for betting and boozing crush your bets on friday and sunday good night everyone and it will click soon as i can click it now <laughs>